0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Welcome in to the East Utah's World Podcast. Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle. We're back with you guys. Sorry about last week. It was a bit chaotic. I was down south in Hurricane Utah. Steve was busy up north, and we could never get on the same page. But we're here this week. We apologize for last week. We, uh, we will try and not let that happen again. But nonetheless... Nate Wade Subaru still around. They stuck with us despite the chaos. and They're a proud sponsor of this podcast. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. If you're in the market for a new car, or you drive a current Subaru, call them. They may buy your current Subaru and get you into a new one for as much money as you are paying right now, or sometimes even less, believe it or not. It's 1207 South Main Street, Salt Lake City, Utah, just a few blocks from downtown. They're the oldest Subaru dealership in North America. To add to it, at SBartle247 is where you can find steve Juton.com is where his work is also found. I'm at Tom or PSLsports.com. Steve, you have a puppy.
2: I do. I have a puppy. And his name is Huntley. So uh we uh you know we we did the whole Utah football, we've got like the Utah, you know, dog tag. So I'm I'm podcasting and puppy puppy watching right now, so if I get distracted, you know why it's it's Huntley over here. So just well, he, just FYI, Tom.
1: It's Huntley's first name or last name?
2: Ah, oh, it's first name. It's first name. Okay, yeah. We last name, name Tyler.
1: Last name Tyler.
2: <laughs> no, last name is our name, right? That's how you do it, right? So Huntley Bartle, that would be that's it, right? Like that's yeah, how. Yeah. But it's just Huntley, like the Huntley Bartle thing. It just It just, it doesn't flow. Bartle is such a hard word, like a, such a hard, I don't know. It's just not pretty. It's not easy, you know, not easy off the tongue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For dogs, especially, Bartle's probably not the easiest thing to say, but, well, that's cool. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, The the first child of, um, of course, yours and, and the lovely Kendra's. So Congratulations thank you um it 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 will it will set you up perfectly for when you have um a human child i think
2: i uh you know that's that's years away but yes uh hopefully you know the the first couple of weeks potty training this guy will uh will have us prepared for you know god knows what
1: (laughs) yeah 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 fingers crossed uh So we do have a a few things to talk about. It's worth knowing like this time of year, it it is slower than normal uh, and that's okay. You know, it can't be, it can't be crazy all the time. Uh, But this is, you know, this is really when it's, I guess it's probably at its slowest right about now and entering into summer because of course, come fall, the season begins. And at the start of the year, you look forward to spring ball. Now spring ball's done and, uh, during Spring ball, of course there's plenty to talk about but then Spring ball concludes as it has now in 2021 and then there's an extended break as summer and conditioning and you know maybe there's a few hopefully the biggest news this summer Steve is going to be the and maybe we can start the podcast here but but the wide receivers I, I think when you look at the roster right now and you've spoken about this over the last couple of episodes but one or two more wide receivers would probably be the position group that you'd like to see most of the attention fall to during the summer. And and so maybe the biggest news could potentially be a, a receiver transfer. Have you, Steve, got anybody in mind that's in the portal at the minute or, or where are you at when it comes to who Utah could bring in at wide receiver?
2: Yeah, you know, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting offseason. Um, Whittingham is – you know, he's he's talked about it uh, pretty pretty publicly that they want to address, they want to, you know, bolster the wide receiver room. I think they have, I think they feel comfortable with the guys like the slot receivers, the smaller, speeder, speedier, uh, quicker receivers. You know, you saw it in the spring game. They've got they've got a handful of them, right? You know, you've got Covey, you've got Dixon, but then you've got <clears throat> Money Parks, you've got Kane Savage you've got um who who am i blank there's there's a couple others gonna... DeVon Valley is a bigger guy um and and we'll talk about him because his emergence was super important uh, but utah's utah's just got a lot of smaller receivers and i think um uh i think they want to add a you know, a, a dynamic athlete, a Brian Thompson type, like obviously that can play outside and inside that's got the athleticism to to be a, a, a threat anywhere on the field. Um, they want that kind of guy, um, good athleticism, good size. I think that's the, the type of receiver that that would would help Utah the most. Um, and so, you know, at Utah, Zone, this is the type of stuff that we talk about uh, with everything else going on we've kind of put it on the back burner just because we've we've known it's it's going to be it's going to come like eventually we're going to see um you know a commitment maybe two commitments whatever i the the receiver position is going to uh get some help this summer and so uh at youth zone we we published a piece um about a week ago now uh and you know, there's a couple guys to to keep in mind and, and to, to keep your eye on if, if you like to follow this kind of stuff. And um, you know, just just to to throw a couple names out there, you've got a guy like Tommy Bush, who is, you know, he plays at Georgia, he's six foot five, 195 pounds. Uh, this was a kid that was uh recruited in the same class, the 2018 class. So that was the year that um Jack Tuttle was in Utah's class, Solomon Enos was in the class. Um, So that's, that's when he was a recruit was 2018. Um, And he's, you know, he's been, he's just been stuck in the, uh, he's just been stuck. He's had some injuries at Georgia that has kind of limited his impact, limited his ability to, um, to see the field and that kind of stuff and so he's he's entered the portal and looking for a place where he he can he can um, he can make an impact and Utah you know Utah recruited him during that 2018 cycle and you know they've got a relationship with him uh, and so that's uh, that's a guy to keep uh, keep an eye on you've got another guy in Theo Howard who you know that should be a familiar name for those that you know have followed Utah football over the last few years He was at UCLA for um, I think three seasons uh, and then transferred to Oklahoma last year, suffered an injury, was kind of limited. Actually, I think he transferred to Oklahoma two years ago, suffered an injury um, and just wasn't able to, to get going. He's in the portal again. And I think he's somebody to definitely uh, keep your eye on. Uh, And then, you know, there are a couple others and the nice thing about, shouldn't say the nice thing. The thing that we know about the transfer portal is that more and more guys are going to enter it, you know, in the days and, and weeks and months to come, uh, especially as spring camps wrap up and um, and, and guys kind of figure out they're standing on 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 certain teams and that kind of thing. So uh, but those are two names just to kind of throw out there. Uh, both would be welcomed additions to the wide receiver room. And I think would help Utah in, in you know in, in a big way. They would provide you know some some athleticism, some playmaking ability, some some potential. And, and obviously, you know, in, in Tommy Bush's case, there are some concerns with his injury history and just his inability to to see the field and produce. So you you would be kind of taking a a leap of faith with a player like Tommy Bush. Um, but I think he's the type of talent that has, you know, has, has kind of eluded Utah at the receiver position. Um, and so that's the type of talent that you can, you can bring in through the transfer portal is a, a highly talented kid coming out of high school, kind of gets buried, has a chip on his shoulder, looking for a second chance, comes to Utah and, and can, can kind of break out. So um, I think another position that, you know, we're going to have to follow closely is going to be the safety position. Um, Whittingham talked about this. I think I think he addressed it even with with Bill Riley, uh, on on Bill Riley sh- on the Bill Riley show. But uh, R.J. Hubert suffered uh, a pretty significant injury. Uh, it sounds like his season may be in question, maybe in doubt even. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Utah uh, search the portal for for help at safety. They've got some young talent, you know, at, at the safety position. But I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, to bring in a guy that has some experience, has some um, uh, some years under his belt at the college level, uh, to to come in and kind of help that safety position because Utah has basically everything else you need and um, on this team, and just to kind of shore up shore up the defense and, and shore up that safety depth, I think looking for a safety would make a lot of sense for Utah as well.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be fascinating and fun to kind of follow across the summer. Uh, as as the news surrounding Utah football kind of dwindles and dwindles, but but that sort of stuff could certainly help content for uh, for the fans, you know, keep them alive if you will throughout those those golfing seasons. But um, it's something to keep an eye on. I I as you were talking, I was kind of thinking a few things here. Wide receivers, you know, even if Utah does bring in say a Theo Howard or a or a a Bush from from Georgia, you know, a a taller guy to to play on the outside. I I still think going into the year, Solomon Enos and and the pressure and the expectation on him is as high as it's ever been. And Utah fans that are either for or against Solomon Enos will learn very quickly what this young man's all about. Uh, He is is a highly touted player out of Arizona, he had some pretty big offers, um, Penn State being one of them. Uh, he was a top five recruit out of the state of Arizona, if my memory serves me correctly. My point is he just hasn't had – he hasn't done a ton yet at Utah. He's been behind the likes of Brian Thompson. He's always struggled when it comes to trying to find targets. And, look, it's not easy. Brant Keithy, Brenton Covey, Brian Thompson when he was around – uh, Jalen Dixon when he's healthy. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a number of other players out there that need the football just as much as he, but he, he's going to enter this year, even if they bring in somebody, in my opinion anyway, is kind of the guy that, that Utah looks for on the outside. And then the other thing I was thinking about yeah. as you were talking, Steve, that I think is interesting is, and I think fans need to kind of put more thought towards this, is 99% of people that are in the transfer portal are in the transfer portal for some reason one reason or another. Generally speaking, that reason isn't positive news, right? Whether it be injuries, uh, maybe they've, they've fallen out of luck with the coaching staff. Maybe their form over the last couple of years has dwindled in the case of Charlie Brewer. And they, they just feel like for them personally, they need a new start to try and to try and rekindle and reinvigorate themselves as a player. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's worth noting that, and this 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 goes for any position, so for basketball as well. Now, how, no matter how big a name somebody may be, like there's a there's generally a reason he's in the transfer portal, right. and the and the reason is generally not a great reason. So, uh, I'm sure there's an there's outliers out there that are just despite happiness and trust with coaching staff and positive play they feel like for whatever reason they need to move maybe it's family being close to the family whatever the case may be but for the most part um yeah, the transfer the transfer portals always going to have risk associated it
2: in yeah. my opinion um, no and that's that's a great that's a great point tom like i i think it's something where you know for those that that like to follow recruiting you kind of get up caught up in, in not necessarily the star ranking, but, you know, 24 seven sports, we have the, the composite rating. And, and I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in that and focusing too much on that and, and kind of projecting what that player's impact would be, um, you know, when looking at guys in the transfer portal, uh, that's a great point to bring up that there are reasons why, guys enter the portal and you know sometimes it's just they weren't um they didn't you know they they didn't emerge they didn't have a you know not necessarily that they didn't have an opportunity but they did they didn't take advantage of an opportunity uh they didn't move up the depth chart uh there were you know it's important to ask why guys were in the portal i think it's something that um, definitely needs to to be factored in uh, when when discussing that guys in the transfer portal and I think Utah both in kind of what I'm, I'm learning um, as I as I dive more into the basketball program with with Craig Smith um, you know Utah does their homework um, the football program does their homework uh, they they you know like to talk to a lot of people associated with a certain kid, kind of get a feel for what he's like on and off the field. Um, so they they try to uh, limit as much uncertainty um, as possible. They, they try to get as much information on each of these guys, basically doing like a background check on these guys just to get a feel for what they're like, just because, you know, they're – like you said, there are reasons why guys enter the portal, and, you know, it's not just because <laughs> – you know they want to enjoy another five official visits as a recruit again uh they uh you know typically they're they're leaving for a reason and 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 looking for a fresh start for a reason so that's that's a great point tom
1: yeah no well thanks dave i mean the game of the game of football or, or sport in general you know we'll take football for example the nfl draft is coming up right maybe listeners of this podcast maybe the nfl draft's already done by the time by the time you tune into this. But we're recording this on on Wednesday, April 28th, the day before the NFL draft is scheduled to take flight. And I was listening, I've been listening to radio anytime I drive to kind of see if I can hear anything about Zach Wilson, because I'm fascinated to kind of see what happens with him. And, and by all reports, it sounds like he's kind of locked in to go number two to the New York Jets. And uh, and of course, that that comes with a number of expectation and responsibility, and we can kind of dive into that maybe in a few minutes. But but I was I was listening to the radio, and I think it was Dan Patrick was saying, or he was interviewing somebody that that's obviously been following the NFL and and the draft for decades now. But fifty percent of first round picks aren't going to they're not going to they, they're not going to live up to expectation in the NFL, and that's kind of it happens every year 50% of first round picks will never live up to the expectation in the NFL and it's just it's mind blowing that even at that high level when nowadays they have the the ability to study every single snap from college and, and generally speaking, because in, the, in, in football, you have to play, I think, three years of college. I mean, that is, that's a lot of tape that these NFL scouts, general managers and executives can study, dissect and try and figure out if you can make it or not in the NFL. Even then, they still yeah. get it wrong. And you think, you, think, you think football, Utah football coaches speak to a lot of people as it relates to recruiting high school athletes. Oh, yeah. you, should, you should see what the NFL scouts do. I mean, it's their day job. They do it every day single day, all day. They bounce from city to city, team to team, depending on what's in their region and speak to as many people as they can about players that they're interested in to try and learn more. And even then with millions and millions and millions of dollars on the line, I mean, signing bonus for Zach Wilson will be anywhere from 27 to $29 million. Even when there's that much money on the line, they still get it wrong the game the sport or sport in general forget about just football sport in general it essentially comes down to trying to trying to juggle an expectation versus an actual reality and 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 what players can live up to that and what can't and I mean look there's so much that goes into all of it that we don't have enough time to to talk about it and we'd need professionals and psychologist i mean you know the, the list goes on and on and on and on and on but at the end of the day you're trying to find players that that can handle pressure because uh, yeah. because especially even at the college level forget about the nfl but even at the college level generally speaking and this was my experience at utah Steve, generally speaking the talent gap between the best player on the team and somebody that's struggling to find snaps at the two or three deep, like the, the the talent gap between the two isn't that much. I mean, sure, maybe maybe Brian Thompson's better than a second, third string wide receiver or, or whatever. But but Brian Thompson, the Britton Coveys, the Jalen Dixon, the Brant Keseys, the, you know, hopefully Charlie Brewers, those are the guys that mentally are far more advanced uh, than, than somebody yeah. that's two or three on the depth chart. And they're the ones that can – compatible um that that, that it can comprehend and understand and 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 essentially defeat the expectation that people like you and i and the fan base has put on them
2: yeah you know i two years ago i think yeah it was it was two years ago it was before the 2019 season um i did uh i did a uh, uh what do you call it um I did like a, a class uh, with um, the Scouting Academy is what it's called, and and what it is is <clears throat> it's these former scouts uh, that worked in the NFL have put together this program. It's it's uh, three two, It's a two month. No, it's a three month program. It was three months um, where you basically learn uh, the ins and outs of scouting evaluation the process of scouting and, and just how thorough it is. And my goodness, man, it's crazy. The amount of detail that goes into evaluations. Like I, when I watch, when I watch game, like film and stuff, like I replay, um, a a play four or five times, just rewinding it back and forth. Right. And, and watching, whether it be a certain player, uh, the defense, the offensive line, I'm watching a play four, five, six, seven times, just going back and forth, right? And I'm looking for very specific things um, when when I'm watching film, and that's like I'm I'm an am- like I'm an amateur, bro. Like I'm not like these paid professionals, dudes that are paid, you know, six figures to travel the country and evaluate talent in person on film to gather as much intel as they possibly can on these guys. Like the NFL is incredibly um, dependent on as much information as possible for this, for, you know, for the draft process, they are gathering information 365 days of the year. It is absurd. The amount of, intel that they collect on players, on prospects, um, that, that goes into, <laughs> that goes into the draft that goes into these draft selections. Right. And, you know, every little thing matters. What the, the biggest thing that I learned was just how valuable context is and understanding, you know, the, uh, you know what's going into the game what happened prior to the game for a certain player was the player sick during the week how many hours of practice did he get did he have an injury did all of these things matter all of you know these these things that you just don't take into account every little bit matters as these teams evaluate because you know they they're all arrogant they all think that they're making the best decision that they they possibly can right they're prideful they're arrogant um, and you know, really that's, uh, that's, uh, what leads to a lot of these mistakes is that, is that pride, that arrogance, uh, because you know, they feel they can make something work that maybe, uh, isn't there. And so, um, I don't know where I'm going with that, but just well, you it, talking about the draft evaluation process and all of that, like it is extremely detailed how much they go yeah. into it, uh, with, with players.
1: Yeah, and to your point, I mean, they're looking at things that you know most of us wouldn't even wouldn't even think about. Right. You know, I mean, they're, they're they're looking at just demeanor and where posi- head yeah. positioning is—is is he slouching? I mean, like you know, you name it, they're pinpointing everything. I actually, Steve, to be honest, I I I'm a, I actually think we're at a point now with with, with how how accessible in information is uh, today. I I think we're at a point where there's. There's too much information out there. Yeah. It, it's almost blurring. You know, for example, like like Russell Wilson went in the third round of the, oh, I can't even remember, but whatever draft. You know, he, he was a third round pick, Russell Wilson was. NFL teams wouldn't touch Russell Wilson because he was like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, right. You know, if, you, if right. you were under six foot, you, you, weren't, you weren't a top one or two draft pick. Uh, right. Russell Wilson's a future Hall of Famer. He's somebody that's revolutionized the game. He's the reason Kyler Murray went number one overall a couple years ago. Kyler Murray, yep. prior to, 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 um, to Wilson doing anything in the NFL, was probably a third-round pick, much like Russell Wilson was. But because Russell Wilson's proven, you don't actually have to be two. 210, to be a successful quarterback at the National Football League, you can play effectively, smart, and, and stay relatively healthy at five eight, five nine. I mean, it's just – I think we're at a point now where, where NFL teams and scouts, uh, they, they, they have access to too much information that they start second-guessing themselves, and, uh, and they don't quite know now where, where to go. I mean, think about it. Like Justin Fields, for example, and this can lead – Perfect
2: examples. Next Perfect.
1: conversation. Justin Fields is a player that went to what the Ohio State University. And Utah. You know, Utah fans are going to get upset at me for saying the. But nonetheless, he, he played in multiple, multiple playoff games. He played in some of the biggest games you can play in as a college player. He was incredibly successful. He had good years. He never had bad years. He had some great years. I mean, he played for a lot of games for Ohio State. And, 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 and he's not going to get picked up. Uh, before Zach Wilson, who, by the way, I'm a fan of Zach, and I want everybody out there to know that he's a local kid. I'm always going to cheer for the local guy. And I'm I'm ecstatic for him and his family that he's under the... But there were question marks as to whether or not he was going to start at BYU before this past season. He was in a battle to win the starting quarterback job less than six months ago. I mean... And he's going to go as the number two overall pick because he went right. 11-1 against really bad opposition. Let really bad. Fair. In comparison yeah. to Justin Fields. Like, it, this is the sort of stuff that it, – it's so crazy and fascinating to me.
2: Uh, and and I'm I'm right there with you. Like, as you were talking about it, that was the exact person – that I thought of as you were kind of just explaining how guys are starting to overthink how teams are, are starting to overthink it. Justin Fields has produced, has won everywhere he's been, and he's done it against some, some great competition. Like, yes, he, he's got a lot of talent around him, but he's facing an equal amount of talent on the other side of the, on the other side of the ball. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can't, you know, we (laughs) like there's, we talk about the talent gap between Utah and BYU, but in all fairness, there's a bigger talent gap between BYU and Northern Alabama. Like, it's it's just you have to take everything into context. And, and Zach Wilson um, deserves a lot of credit for taking advantage of <laughs> you know of, of what was given to him this season. You know, he simply just went out and and played. Play ball is at a high level against you know some some con- competition that was questionable, and if the New York Jets value what they see on on film uh, more so than you know what they see on film with Justin Fields or Trey Lance, then you know go ahead, go ahead, New York Jets. There's a reason you continue to pick at the top of the draft each and every year. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, go ahead, do you New York, but uh, Zach Wilson deserves a ton of credit because he's made himself a multimillionaire and the local kids, uh, you know, they deserve a, a ton of credit for getting to that level. Zach Wilson worked hard and, you know, there, there were questions about his game about, you know, his status as the starter. Um, but you know he went out, he balled out, and you know he put himself in this position. It's not his fault, and and I'm not trying to like you know blame him or say he lucked out because he didn't because he he put in the work. Um, it's just if it were me, I would be going elsewhere with with my draft pick. Uh, I still think that Zach Wilson is a fabulous talent. Uh, I just have some questions, uh, and it all comes back to the competition that he faced and, and, and all of that. So, but he's got some unreal talent. Uh, you know, I hope that it works out the New York jets have not been great uh, over the last few years. And, you know, I'm kind of nervous for him in, in that regard, but you know, we'll see.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I was, uh, I was, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be blunt here. So I just got a phone call. I put myself on mute. I didn't hear a word you just oh,
2: said. Okay. No, I was I was worried. I was like, what just happened? Did we just lose our recording? Okay. No, it's you didn't miss anything. I just went on a little rant about Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. No, it was it was nothing.
1: I like that. <laughs> I, I got a phone call from uh, from Guy Holiday. Oh. So I so so normally like if you if you're on a podcast and you know this, Steve, like your phone's next to you because as journalists, as members of the media, like it's paramount that you have access to your phone. So your phone's always on you or next to you. And so I'm sitting here and you're, you're speaking and I'm getting this phone call from Guy Halladon. And I'm like, I I probably shouldn't send him the voicemail. I should probably answer it. So I did. And, uh, it was lovely to hear his voice because obviously it's been some time. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful to, uh, Get him on the golf show. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I, I've been speaking to a guy, and, uh, and we may get him on the golf show, obviously. He, well, he was down at BYU, and that's kind of the reason why I wanted to get him on. And, of course, he's had experiences at Utah. You know why the golf show is so good? is because, and you know this, and we'll have you on again, Steve, when yes. you can make it. But yes, we, we play it. We only play a hole or two, right? We only play a hole or two, and then the, the 16, 17 other holes, we can talk about whatever. There are no right. right that's the best part of the golf show because when you have people on, like I guarantee you if I, if I get holiday guy holiday on the show, I guarantee by the end of the round, I'll know every bit of dirt that happened at Utah football. And I may not be able to say any of it, but I'll stay credible. (laughs) I don't give a rat. If the fans out there disagree with my takes, I know more than you. I may not know more than Steve, but I know more than bloody bull man oh, in West my Valley goodness. <laughs> Because of the sixteen holes I spent with Guy Holiday when he was ripping the janitor at Utah football because they claimed he did you know, whatever the case may be.
0: <laughs> that'll be fun, hey, that'll man. Be fun. That'll be fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yes, yes, yes. It'll be fun. It'll be a ton of fun. So I apologize for not hearing your rant about. Here okay, let's get back on track. Let's get back on so Really quickly, really bluntly, in your opinion, does Zach Wilson live up to the expectation, assuming he goes number two to the New York Jets?
2: Oh, man, and I, I feel bad because it's, it's so dependent on where you go, I think, unless you're a talent like Trevor Lawrence where you just can overcome because you're an incredible talent, um, you know, a generational the, the type Jags,
1: talent. The Jags. The Jags are still going to be okay offensively, I think. They, they, the Jags still have some weapons to play with. The Jets? Well, let me tell you about the Jets. Well, I, I don't need to tell you much.
2: Yeah, yeah. You uh, you got, uh, <laughs> you got you spent some time there. I forgot about that. But, yeah, you think, spent some think, time there.
1: I think the last two plays out of the state of Utah to be on, the, on the, re- the roster of the New York Jets was myself and Zach Wilson, Steve.
2: It's, exactly. uh,
1: if you're listening, call me. I'll tell you all about my twenty-four hour pit stop in uh <laughs> in <Jersey.
2: laughs> you know it'll be interesting and, and I hope um I hope Robert Salah is, is the head coach that many think he can be. Um I think that is going to be a huge determining factor in Zach Wilson's success because the track record has been you you know if you go to New York uh, you play for the jets it's <laughs> it's going be it's going to be rough it's uh, it's going to be very difficult because i mean look, recent history shows us like Sam Darnold, you know you go back what four years now, like he was you know he was zach Wilson, he was the guy kind he of, was kind of
1: sure sure he threw he threw a lot of picks at u s sure
2: sure. He yeah, especially that that final year, he didn't didn't improve from the previous year where he led USC to a Rose Bowl victory over Penn State. Didn't improve on on you know I I get that so maybe not the exact same but still similar yeah. talent you know so uh and it did not go well did not go well for old Sam and you know that's that's difficult so I I don't want to say like Zach isn't going to live up to expectations because I think everybody has the expectation that if you go to New York, you're just going to fail. Like, trust me, I, I will pull for Zach Wilson to, to have success at New York. I do not want him to be another in in a long line of failures because that's never fun. You don't want to be that guy. Um, But man, I don't know. He's got, He's got history stacked up against him, and that's going to be tough. But I hope that Robert Salah puts together a nice offense around him and, and they can just let him be him.
1: There's a, there's a couple teams in the NFL you don't want to get drafted to. The Jets obviously being one. I'd say the Browns kind of maybe last year and the year before they've looked like they're better, but prior to that it was right. 20-odd years where they dunk it up. So sure, throw the Browns in. There. I'd throw the Lions. Detroit Lions haven't done really anything. Even even back when they had Barry Sanders and Scotty Mitchell, who's now uh, with me over at KSL. You know, even then they they struggled a bit. They made playoffs, but they they never they never really. Anyway, so the Lions I'd throw in there. Who else would you throw in there, Steve? That Oh, you probably don't want to get drafted by, um, I
2: would have said, I would have said Miami, but I, I'm, I we'll like see. that coach. I do too. And I think, I think they've got a good plan. I think they've, they're kind of turning that thing around. Miami should be in that group, but we'll, we'll keep them out of it. Um,
1: you you would throw Houston in there before Deshaun Watson arrived. I'd say Houston's never won a Super Bowl, although they haven't been around for that long. Um, they're
2: kind of, and they're they're kind of they're kind of in a mess right now. Anyways, yeah. I don't know that I would want to be drafted there. Uh,
1: the, what what do we know? What the latest is with Deshaun? Have we? Oh, we I know uh-huh. I, the, the the count was up to like last I looked, and this was a few weeks ago. It was like eighteen and. So I don't know what, I haven't heard anything lately, but I imagine it's not looking good for Mr. Watson.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a situation you want to avoid. Um, Oakland or Las Vegas. Now Las Vegas is, you know, John Gruden is there and that's great. Mike Mac is great. Uh, But the Davis family, like, I just, I don't know. They don't have a great track record with the draft. Um, The Bengals, you know, ah, the book's the still bangles. out on them. I
1: the I knew I was bangles. someone. The Bengals. Cincinnati. The bangles.
0: Oh, uh,
1: Joe Burrow. Is he the same? So. Look, there are a number of NFL teams that have billionaire owners that pay millions and millions and millions of dollars every single year with the hopes of winning the Lombardi trophy that are so far from that, it's not even funny. And that isn't just the NFL. I mean, that's in every league, every league that's professional, that has decent coin backing behind it. There are always going to be teams that suck historically that just for whatever reason, can't not suck. And it's crazy to me that they throw all of these, all of this, these resources, into trying to create a, a winnable system and product and they just can't do it. To answer the Zach Wilson question, if I was a betting man, I would not be betting that he lives up to expectation. Uh, not because I don't think he's good. I think he's really good. I I just, I just, the New York Jets, dude, how can you, how can you bet that he's going
2: right. yeah.
1: to turn a turn an entire franchise around? It just, you know, like the odds of that happening—it's so hard for him to be able to accomplish that. So, but I, I hope—I really hope—because I think he's got a ton of talent. I think he's got maybe more more throwing ability than, than anybody in the draft. Uh, but, and there's always a but, as so either always an and or a but, and the but in this case is he really hasn't played a ton of uh, games where the stakes are really high. Yeah, he, he just, he hasn't had much playoff experience. He hasn't yeah. had any playoff experience. And the best bowl game he's played is, I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you, whatever. maybe the Miami Bowl back in the day. I don't know if he was there then, but he played really well in the Boise, that Boise Bowl, the Potato Bowl, but that was against Western Michigan. So, I mean, right? you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. so, so if the Jets make the playoffs, and he's in, the wild, in a wild-card game, or if he's fighting at the end of the season to get the Jets into a wild-card game, nobody really knows how he's going to perform because right. nobody's seen how. He, and so it'll be fascinating, man. I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to it. Hey, this is what's really cool, and this is what I wanted to bring up before we get out of here, Steve. Is it last year that, that uh, What's-His-Face from Utah State, Love, got drafted in the first round? Or was that two years ago?
2: It was last year. Yep, was Okay, sure. so there you yeah. go. So that
1: was a first-round draft pick quarterback out of the state of Utah. This year, you'll obviously have Zach Wilson. That's two kids out of the state of Utah at the quarterback position that'll be first-round pick. That, I bet, has never happened before, uh, and that's really worth talking about. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up was, was Penny Sewell. I mean, he's a top-ten draft pick. He may, go, he may go three or four. You know, he could go, really, he could go high. Uh, And, of course, he's out of St. George, Utah, the Sewell family. His brother's playing for Utah at the minute. Um, Another brother played – his other brother's playing at Oregon. I mean, they're all over the West Coast at this point. So, you know, let's just say he goes inside the top five, or even if he goes inside the top ten, I guess it doesn't matter, but that's two guys, you know, two out of ten prospects going – Going in the top ten of the 2021 NFL draft, I think that right there is uh, is worth worth a headline and uh, worth something to be proud of if you're from the state of Utah. It shows that that football within this state, you know, was a laughing stock not that long ago, and 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 now it's it's turning around. And with the influx of people from California coming into town and surrounding areas, you know, the state of Utah is in is in a very healthy position as it relates directly to. It's high school and college football scene.
2: Yeah, I agree. the The talent has has gotten better in the state, and you know it's only continuing on that that upward trajectory. And I think, um, you know, Utah's had. You've got J. 2 Fele from USC, also a product of Utah. That's that's going to have an opportunity to hear his name called. Um, you know, you've got a lot of local talent, uh, and the great thing is, is that more and more kids are getting opportunities. Uh, not just at the highest level, right? Like we all want to see these kids at Utah and, and to see these kids have success, but a lot of these kids are just simply getting opportunities because the reputation of, you know, Utah high school football is, is growing and improving. And, you know, there's a lot of great, um, great avenues to, to kind of get yourself, you, you know, if you've got a kid that, you know, you feel is pretty talented uh, and and just needs some some exposure, needs some some work, some training. You know, Utah is starting to, you know, get the means, get get the uh, um, the resources where you know you can accomplish those tasks. If you want to have your, if you know, if you've got a kid, you want him competing in these seven on seven tournaments. There are teams available for you to to join, and and you can go out, you can compete against the teams from. California and Texas and, you know, all of these other states. And the great thing is, is that um, it's just helping Utah's reputation, helping improve the talent and it's gotten better. The elite talent has, has gotten better, Uh, but just the talent in general within the state um, has improved quite a bit. And uh, it's, it's exciting to think of what will come, you know, in the next five to 10 years and, and the type of prospects that we'll see, uh, over the next little while because, you know, Utah has traditionally been, you know, a lineman heavy producer, you know, but now now you're starting to see some athletes. Now you're starting to see some dudes, uh, you know, talking about Noah Sewell, the linebacker up at Oregon. Now you, you've got a kid like Lander Barton, who's a linebacker, defensive end, tight end uh, for Brighton uh, in, in this upcoming cycle. You've got uh, other kids, Luke Hyde, uh, Jackson Dart. You've got other kids that you know are starting to play more of these skill positions where you know that the talent is starting to rise, and it's exciting to think of what will come. You know, as we get further and further down down the road. Um, and and uh, definitely the the talent is getting better each and every year.
1: Yeah, I just remember moving out here in 2012 and talking to a bunch of people about the product at at, at the high school level and. Not a ton of people, to be fair, even from Utah had had that great of things to uh, to say about high school football, as it especially as it compared to California, Texas, Florida. But now it's like, you know, I, we're not quite there yet. I don't know if we ever will be, just because population and and whatnot. But but boy, there are kids coming out of Utah now that are that are getting annual offers from Oregon and USC and, and Texas and Fillinger, for example. So anyway, it's cool to see. I'm, I'm rapt to, uh, to, to kind of be in the middle of it, and I'm sure you are as well. Um, Steve, last but not least, uh, I know we've we fixated a lot of today on kind of scouting in the NFL and, and how, how it's, it's almost impossible nowadays to, to be able to figure out whether or not a player will turn out as well as you'd think or not, and of course Mac Wilson and, and a few of the other guys. Utah could have had a few draft picks if 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 a few of their kids decided to opt out and 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 forgo their senior year and 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 drafted uh, the the linebacker, uh, for example, was, was certainly probably one of them. uh, and brain farting on his name, but Springs over, so I guess it doesn't matter anymore. But uh, Who's, who's, who's number zero? What's his name? Oh my gosh, Get Devin up. Lloyd! Thank you, thank you. Gosh, I, I go to Saint George for a week. I come back, I forget everybody's name. Devin Lloyd. He would probably go the highest. Utah. Will Utah have any pick this year? I, I don't. I, I haven't heard much. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't really see who. Who do you reckon? Who do you reckon may go for Utah if anybody at all, Steve?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it, <laughs> for for us Utah guys like. It sucks this draft because Utah won't have any draft eligible players, you know, this this year. But they definitely would have had a couple guys um, yeah. hear their names called um this this weekend in the draft. Uh Devin Lloyd, Brant Keithy, Nick Ford. These are, you know, three guys that Time out. I th-
1: I got to call a timeout. Timeout? Yeah, I just got- Steve, I got to intrude for a second. Did Nick Ford really receive a second or third round grade?
2: Third or fourth with the chance to improve to a second or third. Okay, let me rephrase that.
1: Did Nick Ford really get a third or fourth round grade?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Bro.
1: Dude, good. Good for him. I just – Yeah why like like and i'm not trying to hate because i i again going back to the whole zach wilson conversation any kid out of a local school i'm cheering for and and obviously nick ford plays for my alma mater i want nick ford to be a first round pick but i'm also a realist like i'm not an offensive lineman guru like i don't study offensive but but he's given up a few sacks in some pretty big games like to me, I don't know. I is better than than Ford in my opinion.
2: Oh boy, I don't know about that. Um, no, like Nick Ford, so draft evaluation is 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 a lot of fun because uh, we're having this debate about you know Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, who's accomplished more in their career? Justin Fields or, or Zach Wilson? It's justin Fields by far. Like it's no question. What are people basing Zach Wilson's evaluation on? Traits, right? Traits specific arm throwing traits right like and with nick that's it's the same thing so sure he's he's allowed a few sacks a lot of them were just due to mental errors miscommunications that kind of thing which can be coached up and fixed right when you're looking at at offensive linemen what what does he have that we can't coach? He's an athlete, right? Like he's he's pretty nimble for six five, three hundred fifteen pounds. He's he's pretty nimble. He can get out in space. He can change directions. You know, when you're battling like the Aaron Donald types, you got to be able to move and change directions, right? Yeah. And I think Nick Nick has, you know, he grew up playing res- wide receiver. He didn't grow into a lineman until his junior senior year in high school. You know, so he's got, he's got some, some nimble, uh, some nimble feet uh, where he can, he's, he's a pretty good athlete. And so he's got these uncoachable traits. Um, and then you combine that with just his playing demeanor, his playing mentality where he, you know, he enjoys um, playing tough, playing nasty and, 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 being physical. Those are things that you can't always coach out of guys. And he's got that. And so if you're, if you're a coach, if you're a talent evaluator, you're thinking, okay, this guy has the, has things that we can't coach. We can coach up his technique. We can coach up his understanding of, of assignments and understanding of, you know, how to combo block and how to reach and how to do these things the way we want him to Um, those that's, that's kind of the thing here. So yeah, like I absolutely believe Nick Ford got a third, fourth round grade because of those traits that he has um and his projection getting him under a new coaching staff where he can kind of be coached the way that they want him to play yeah absolutely Nick Ford could could get a third fourth round grade absolutely Tom absolutely
1: <laughs> oh I do apologize <laughs> I heard that and I was like third or fourth round. I'm going goodness gracious that I mean like I think he's a good player. I, uh, I I don't think he's a bad player. I mean, my word, he plays it. He, he plays left tackle, left guard on on Utah's starting five. I mean, like you've got to be pretty good to to accomplish just that alone. But third or fourth round, I mean, you're putting yourself in <laughs> like the upper echelon. To yeah, you think about how many offensive linemen there are in the country playing college. Yeah. ball. you think about how good college ball players are to then go third or fourth round. I mean. It just goes to show kind of Garrett Bowles and how impressive he was. I mean, similar to, to Nick Ford in some way when it comes to athleticism, I'd still say maybe Garrett Bowles is a little bit more athletic than,
2: than Nick. Agree. But
1: nonetheless, you know, Nick Ford, oh, you're yeah. right. He's he's certainly very athletic for a man of his stature. So maybe it shouldn't surprise me, but, but at first it, it kind of it shooketh me sure. a little bit. Uh sure. I was like, Goodness gracious, that's that's quite high. Anyway, um, so next year will be the year it seems. This year will be quiet. Yeah. Utah, I didn't even hold a pro day. Uh, right. so that should that should tell Utah fans kind of where you're at. So enjoy the first round. Enjoy uh, Zach Wilson if you're into that sort of stuff, or hate against him if you if you if you're into that too. And uh, hopefully we can all come to terms and agree and enjoy uh, Penne sort because uh, Pene's nice. <laughs> He's got nothing wrong. Well, he kind of has. Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. just. Yeah, don't he kind of has. Then. Yeah, don't watch the draft, I guess. Uh, I will be, because I like cheering for local guys. Sorry, I'm not nuts like the rest of you. But uh, anywho, uh, Steve, at Bottle 247 is his handle on Twitter, com. You can get a seven-day free trial. If you haven't signed up, check it out. If you like it, great. If you don't, no worries. Uh, no No charge will be be added to your account, kslsports.com, where you can find me at Tom Carton-Hackett is on Twitter. Nate Waits Subaru is our sponsor, Steve. Until next week, uh, go use, my man, and uh, we'll speak then. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985.